April 3rd. As we look into the New Testament, today's reading will come from Luke chapter 10, verses 13 through 37. There are four questions that are raised, uh, and it talks about a personal inventory, you and I taking that. And the questions that are asked are these, what makes you serve? Jesus was not limited to the twelve. Seventy others obeyed him and helped to reap the harvest. But the laborers are still few, aren't they? Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62 tells why. The ministry is difficult and dangerous, but it's also very rewarding. Are you obedient to his call? That's the important question. And what makes you rejoice? That's covered in verses 17 through 24. When the disciples rejoiced over their successful ministry, Jesus told them to rejoice because they were citizens of heaven, because their names were written in the Lamb's book of life. After all, their work might not always be successful, but their salvation would never change. Well, Jesus rejoiced because the Father's will was being accomplished in their lives. What brings joy to your heart? And then another question that is asked, and this uh, comes out in, cha- in uh, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37 in the book of Luke. What makes you pause? It's not difficult to discuss neighborliness you know, in the abstract, but it costs something to be a real neighbor. Do you pause to help when you see injustice and hurt? Or like the priest and the Levite, do you look for an escape? You know, you're never more Christ-like than when you feel another's hurt and you seek to help. Well, with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. April 3rd, Luke chapter 10, verses 13 through 37. What horrors await you, Chorazin and Bethsaida! For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have said in deep repentance long ago, clothed in sackcloth and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. Yes, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on the judgment day than you. And you people of Capernaum, Will you be exalted to heaven? No. You will be brought down to the place of the dead. Then he said to the disciples, Anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me, and anyone who rejects you is rejecting me, and anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. When the seventy-two disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan falling from heaven as a flash of lightning, and I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice just because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered as citizens of heaven. Then Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit and said, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding the truth from those who think themselves so wise and clever, and for revealing it to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has given me authority over everything. No one really knows the Son except the Father, and no one really knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Then, when they were alone, He turned to the disciples and said, 
How privileged you are to see what you have seen. I tell you, many prophets and kings have longed to see and hear what you have seen and heard, but they could not. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what must I do to receive eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this, and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with an illustration. A Jewish man was traveling on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and money, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a Jewish priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt deep pity. Kneeling beside him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with medicine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn, where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two pieces of silver and told him to take care of the man. If his bill runs higher than that, he said, I'll pay the difference the next time I am here. Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, Yes, now go and do the same. Prodigal. Excessive. Extravagant. Reckless. I guess I fit that pretty well. I am reckless. Yet I'm still restless, still hungry for something, anything to fill me. Even a slop I've been feeding these pigs seems appetizing. I'm just that desperate. I'm lost. Lost to how I ever ended up here. How all my fruit became famine before I even had a chance to gasp. I didn't think these feelings of pleasure and these so-called friends would, would be so flimsy. So far from satisfying, I'm so far from home. I feel like I'm filled with every kind of evil, greed, and depravity. Like I'm senseless and heartless, arrogant yet ignorant. I gave up a life beyond measure for a life beyond my dad's boundaries, and look where it got me. I traded my father's riches for these pigs. I am lost. Even before I left home, I was lost. My dad is good in all he does. He's righteous in all his ways, and nobody could say otherwise. And he cared for me, made sure I was in need of nothing. Even the boundaries he had for me fell in pleasant places. And I had the delightful inheritance, but I got tired of waiting for it. His discipline, his rules, his commands. Uh, I just tolerated it all until I got his money. 
but it wasn't coming my way fast enough. So I demanded all of it now. He said, come, let us reason together. I said, get out of my way. He said, what fault did you find in me that you would choose this way that leads to death? I said, get out of my way. He said, my grace is sufficient in all things. I said, get out of my way. I'll go back home where there was at least food instead of slop and, and people instead of pigs. I mean, there's no way my father will accept me as his son, but maybe if I just act sorry enough and behave a little better, he'll, he'll let me stay as a hired hand. I, I don't need a dad anyway. I just need a place to stay. Father, I sin against heaven and I sin against you. Father, I sin against heaven and I sin against you. Father, I sin against... Who is that? Dad? Dad! Dad! Why are you running? Like you never run! And how do you still recognize me? I'm filthy! I'm stained! Why? Why are you hugging me? Like don't you get it? I've sinned against heaven and against you! Why are you showing me so much grace? This robe and ring, they don't belong on me! Why are they on me? What? Celebrating? Why would you celebrate over me? I deserve to be a slave, but but I, I guess I've always been your son. I didn't even finish apologizing and you've forgiven me. I'm forgiven. I'm home. I'm found. I'm not fixed, but I'm found. Today we're reading Psalm 75. And we learn here in the psalm that God is the judge. His people are only His witnesses. Now we can tell others about His great works and His gracious warnings, but we cannot tell them when His judgment will fall. God will choose the proper time and His judgment will be just. The proud rulers of the nations think they are secure, but the God who set them up can also pull them down. The wicked think they're getting away with their evil deeds, but one day they must drink the wine of God's wrath. Meanwhile, God's children continue to sing His praises because they are sure God knows what He is doing. We trust in His sovereignty. The world needs our witness, and worship is the greatest witness of all. So, always worship in spirit and in truth, with enthusiasm. And the next time you're disturbed by the evil in the world, Pause and just praise the Lord. Psalm 75, verses 1 through 10. For the choir director, a psalm of Asaph. To be sung to the tune, Do Not Destroy, a song. We thank you, O God. We give thanks because you are near. People everywhere tell of your mighty miracles. God says, At the time I have planned, I will bring justice against the wicked. When the earth quakes and its people live in turmoil, I am the one who keeps its foundations firm. I warned the proud, stop your boasting. I told the wicked, don't raise your fists. Don't lift your fists in defiance of the heavens or speak with rebellious arrogance. For no one on earth, from east or west, or even from the wilderness, can raise another person up. It is God alone who judges. He decides who will rise and who will fall. 
for the Lord holds a cup in his hand. It is full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours the wine out in judgment, and all the wicked must drink it, draining it to the dregs. But as for me, I will always proclaim what God has done. I will sing praises to the God of Israel. For God says, I will cut off the strength of the wicked, but I will increase the power of the godly. Proverbs chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. Thieves are jealous of each other's loot, while the godly bear their own fruit. The wicked are trapped by their own words, but the godly escape such trouble. People can get many good things by the words they say. The work of their hands also gives them many benefits. <laughs>